to a German attending mass in 1526, the elevation of the host would have looked identical to what he remembered from his childhood. But for Luther, one was a form of blasphemy, while the other was a reminder of Christ's life. The subtlety is why Luther's liturgical forms are so important. The Babylonian captivity, which was written in 1520, is a helpful way of understanding some of Luther's own developments in his liturgy later on. Luther wrote the Abomination of the Secret Mass in 1525, which was a criticism of the masses in the Catholic Church, and he also wrote two of his own uh, liturgical correctives, the Formula Misse in 1523 and the Deutsche Messe in 1526. One of those is a Latin Mass, the other one is a German Mass. Luther's claim that he didn't edit the canon or the Eucharistic prayer, but removed it entirely and replaced it, is hard to understand without talking about some of his critiques of the Catholic masses of the time. Luther reviled the canon or the Eucharistic prayer. He called it an abominable concoction drawn from everyone's sewer and cesspool. These diatribes shouldn't obscure the fact that Luther's views regarding the Eucharistic prayer were well thought out and theologically grounded. For Luther, in his views on liturgy, there's no clear division between style and content because all liturgical practices have to be checked against a sound theology. In the Babylonian captivity, Luther writes about three ways that the Mass has been held captive. The first captivity he talks about is the reservation of the cup to the priesthood, which ignored the spiritual needs of the laity and the command of Christ. The sacrament in Luther's mind did not belong to priests, but to all men. Luther's frustration that priests were arbitrarily held above the laity is reflected in his critique of the Eucharistic prayer as well. Most egregiously, the canon omitted, which is given for you, from the words of consecration, which left only, this is my body. Luther was distraught by the omission and claimed that priests had left out the, quote, best and most precious words, that the body of Christ had been given for all. To remove the for you was to remove the performative, the real promise of what Christ says. Luther believed that the more closely the Mass resembled the first Mass, the Last Supper, the more Christian it would be. So by editing the words of Christ at will, the Church not only meddled with the perfect words of Christ, but it changed the meaning of the words altogether. It privileged the priesthood above everyone else. Luther also criticized the canon as a secret Mass. When he says secret Mass, he doesn't mean the Mass was held in private, but that the words of institution were thought to be so holy that they had to be mumbled or whispered. The editing and the whispering of Christ's words stood against everything that Luther believed the gospel was about. The means of grace weren't to be kept out of the laity's reach, but they were supposed to be given to them for the strengthening of faith. The Eucharistic prayer not only privileged the priesthood above the laity, but it gave a special place to the deceased. Part of the canon was a special prayer in commemoration for the dead. The prayer of the dead was problematic in Luther's mind because it set the deceased up as mediators instead of dealing with the sole mediator, Christ. Moreover, the prayers for the dead were problematic because they supposed that the dead could somehow benefit from saying Mass. The sacrament was instituted, Luther believed, not for the sake of the dead, but to build up the faith of the living. The withholding of the cup that Luther derided in the Babylonian captivity is just one symptom of a liturgy that privileged the priesthood and the dead over the worshiping laity. 
The third captivity of the sacrament Luther criticized in the Babylonian captivity was the belief that the Mass is a good work and a sacrifice. Instead of being God's testament or promise to humanity, the Mass had become humanity's gift to God, a reversal of the correct direction of language. Nowhere was this more egregious than the canon which Luther believed smacks and savors of sacrifice throughout. Luther argued that to enter into the sacrifice of Christ was to push aside Christ as the one true sacrifice for all. Early in the canon, the priest asked God to be pleased with and bless these gifts, these presents, these holy unspotted sacrifices which we offer. Luther criticized the absurdity that a wafer could serve as a sacrifice before God on behalf of all Christendom. There was, Luther argued, quote, no faith at all in the sacrifice of Christ, only a priest who tries to do everything himself, simply through his prayer, close quote. The sacrificial nature of the canon was contained not only in its language, but the physical action of the priest as well. This was most obvious in the elevation of the host, which was often considered the climax or the high point of the canon. Luther believed the elevation was a survival of the Hebrew practice of lifting up the object of sacrifice to God. But the elevation was even more troubling because the host at this point had been turned into the body of Christ. Luther not only found the sacrifice to God theologically backwards, but also found the object of sacrifice, Jesus, absurd. How can the priest pray, Luther wondered, as if the good Christ is not pleasing? The canon, Luther concluded, acted as if the offering reconciles Christ with God when it is humanity that needs to be reconciled. Luther's critiques of the canon were reflected in both his Latin and German masses. Luther had called for the development of new liturgies as early as 1519, but to his chagrin and extreme annoyance, he didn't like the people who wrote them first. While Luther insisted that his liturgies were not edited down versions of the canon, but new creations entirely, he managed to retain some of the elements. There's been some debate over which of his liturgies, Latin or German, he preferred, but the argument seems somewhat fruitless. It's enough to say that he viewed both as improvements over the Catholic Mass that he knew, and the content of both further illuminates his critique of the canon. The Formula Missae, a Latin setting of the Mass, was intended primarily as a way to help children learn Latin. It was also intended for those to whom the Gospel has been proclaimed and by whom it has been at least partly understood. But it's not just a teaching tool. Luther said it was his attempt to repudiate everything that smacks of sacrifice, together with the entire canon, and retain only that which is pure and holy, and so order our Mass. In the Latin Mass, the canon was replaced with the Sursum Corda and Preface, the words of institution including for you the Sanctus and the Benedictus. The Sanctus and the Benedictus were to be accompanied by the elevation of the bread and the cup, both of which were offered to the laity. While drawing on many of the same premises, the German Mass was slightly different. Unlike the Latin version that was intended for people who were versed in the faith, the German Mass was arranged for the sake of unlearned layfolk. Instead of the canon, the German Mass contained an exhortation, the words of institution, and the elevation with the Sanctus. One unique feature of the German Mass was the administration of the bread immediately following its consecration, with the wine to be consecrated and administered after. Both of Luther's Masses appear at first to be edited down versions of the canon, but Luther also made a number of important changes within the context of the Mass itself that aren't immediately apparent. 
These reforms changed the meaning of the canon so far that even its remaining points are deeply altered. For example, Luther kept the Sanctus on the basis that it, not the body of Christ, was the true sacrifice of the Mass. The most noticeable change to lay people was the intoning of the words of institution. Not only would the words of institution be spoken aloud instead of whispered, but they'd be chanted. Luther argued that they should be chanted so that those who are present may be able to hear them. But it wasn't just a practical reform, it was also a theological one. In the German Mass, the words of institution were intoned in the same tone as the Gospel. And in the Latin Mass, they were intoned in the same tone as the Lord's Prayer. By intoning the words of institution with the same tone as the Gospel and the Lord's Prayer, Luther not only addressed them to lay people, but also tied the words to the Gospel itself. By intoning the words, Luther not only overcame the priest-centered nature of the sacrament from before, but he also shifted the direction of the address to the laity. A second and perhaps more subtle change came in Luther's use of the elevation. Though the appearance of the elevation remained the same, its motivation and intent differed from the elevation in the canon. Whereas Luther believed the elevation to be a holdover from Hebrew rites, he saw value in its practical use. He thought the elevation signifies that Christ has commanded us to remember him. The elevation is done for the sake of the laity, not to show God the sacrifice of Christ. Yet because these changes were not apparent, Luther maintained that lay people needed to be taught what the elevation truly meant through preaching. As he did by intoning the words of institution, Luther managed to remove the sacrificial trappings of a practice and redirect its function toward the laity. There was for Luther no liturgical form without theological reform. Proper liturgy did not exist on its own, just something he thought up, but it was a reflection of the testament of Christ. This focus on theology is why Luther could claim that pieces of the canon, such as the Elevation and the Sanctus, were not the same ones used in his liturgy. Even though some practices looked the same, the theology could not have been more different. By centering the sacrament on the promise made to all people and removing any vestige of sacrificial language, Luther's liturgies were indeed new compositions.